Welcome to In Case You Get Hit by a Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Jean Newman, co-authors of the book In Case You Get Hit by a Bus. The odds of getting hit by a bus are 495,000 to 1, but the odds that you're going to die someday? Exactly. Enter Everplans, a leading company in digital life planning whose mission is to help people prepare for the unexpected. Abby, the co-CEO and co-founder of Everplans, is an industry expert in the areas of digital estate planning, technology, and consumerism. She has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and CNBC. Gene serves as Everplans editorial and education director. He spent his career as a writer, editor, and content leader for various media outlets. I'm your host, Angela, and today we'll be talking about where to start when it comes to organizing your digital estate. Not everybody has a will, not everybody has life insurance, not everybody has other things that they traditionally might think of as being part of an estate, but everybody has a digital estate. I mean, well, at least everyone I know has a digital estate, right? If you have an email address, if you have a Facebook account, if you have an Instagram account, if you have an Amazon account, you have digital assets. And so if you text, if you (laughs) have ever sent an email. So I I mean, again, even my, you know, 10 year old, even my five year old, um, you know, has digital assets. And so I think that the, the concept is new, but everyone has digital assets. They just don't really realize they don't realize that digital assets are a thing or realize that they have to start thinking about them. And so I, you know, even learning about digital assets, right, was kind of interesting when Gene, like when we started learning about yeah. them, it's every, I did not realize that it included everything from your actual physical hardware, like your your phone or your computer to to other things like digital cameras. I would never have thought that that was part of your digital estate. In a sense, what you take on the things is your digital estate. So we say like hardware and software, like your computer is a physical thing. Like you can go just wipe it and sell it. But whatever's on your computer, which is much more valuable probably than your computer and every account you access through your computer or phone, the main thing is it's just not taking up space in your life. It can become really overwhelming because it's so many separate things. Right. But it's your it's your, it's your your accounts, but then... It's your things inside those accounts. So it's the it's the you know movies that you've bought. It's the songs that you've purchased. It's the books that you you've downloaded. It's the photos that you've uploaded into whatever cloud service that you use. Those are all things that are. I mean, all of my photo all of my photos today are online. And so if something were to happen to me, I definitely need other people to be able to access that. Um, so they don't get lost forever. I mean, that's the question that people ask too. What happens? I remember one of the first stories I wrote way back in early Everplans days was like, what happens to my email when I die? Like what happens to all this stuff? First, I think the first thing that we talk about is figuring out what assets you have in the first place. So, and, and there might be, you might literally have 200 assets or two, you will have thousands of assets, but you might have 200 places to go look for those assets, but don't get overwhelmed. First, start to think about what are like the five most important accounts that you have. Uh, what are they? And then making a list of them, right? Like what online accounts do you use? What, what email accounts do you have? What social media accounts do you have? What shopping accounts do you have? What photo accounts do you have? So first make the list, but then you need to decide what you want done with those assets and how each one of them 
should be handled. Jean, what do you think? Like, how do you how do you figure out what you want done with all of them? To me, that feels a little bit overwhelming. And and I think that putting together a list the same way you would of things that you want to make sure matter, because there there's something in estate planning that I was always interested in, because I like the name. It's called residual estate. But the thing I liked was what is all the stuff that matter? It doesn't matter. You're not going to list it out. Like in a will, you're going to say, yes, this ring, it's worth a lot. Make sure it goes here. These assets, my home is worth a lot. Make sure it goes here. But you know what? That old lunchbox I have, don't care. I'm not going to list. You're not going to go through and put together an itemized list of everything in your life. So it becomes part of this estate. So that's what the residual estate and the digital estate. There's so many of those that are accounts that you use and you're very active. So I always think what what's important. If someone had access to this account, what else would it give them access to? Like an email is the most important because they could reset accounts, see things that they need gain access to those, see old statements, see old receipts. The unlock code for the phone. Unlock code for the phone because if you have yeah, two-factor. If, if you have anything set up with two-factor authentication or just to get the lay of the land on what's on your phone yeah. or what apps you have would be a huge like mm-hmm. a huge help to somebody. Yep. Um, I think I, I think I also think I look at it like what do I use often? And then is there anything with any money attached in any way? Like do I have this set up for recurring payments? And, and cryptocurrency, right? I mean, so it, for anybody out there who has any crypto, not only figuring out, you know, what, what places you've bought crypto and what crypto you have, which is probably a task in and of itself, but then figuring out um, what the instructions are to access those accounts so that in the event that something happens. The thing about crypto that makes it so such a new special like wrinkle in all of digital estate planning uh, and when we started doing it, it wasn't a huge thing, but now it is, is that it will be gone forever. That's the whole purpose. Because we've seen stories where people have lost like millions and millions of dollars because they accidentally threw away, I don't know, a card with their password on it. I bought, so I bought my first NFT last week. What I realized was, okay, so I bought this thing, but Ben has no idea that I bought this thing. And if, and you know, if he he would have no idea that I had this thing sitting out there. So I'm very organized. I talk about this stuff all day long, but yet I have not docu- accounted for the fact that I have this thing. It's somewhere and maybe it be- will become valuable one day. And um, shame on me if I don't tell somebody about it or give them access to it. Yeah. And when it comes to crypto, it does fall into a weird area because when we talk about digital assets... If you have money, like you, you access your bank account online, right? We all do. But that's not a digital asset. That's just you, you, you can go to a bank and get your money out. And even if you have a bank that's purely virtual, it's still money that needs to be like, that needs to go through a process to get to someone else. Big question and the big problem is if you don't include any access information, then there's no way for a person to actually gain control over that money. Totally. Totally. And so, Okay, so it's about figuring out what assets you have, then it's about figuring out what you want done with those assets. And you can name a and we talked about this earlier today, but you can name what's called a digital executor, uh, a gatekeeper to all the things that are happening in my digital world based on all the things that I tell them I want them to do. I mean, I think that eventually how I see it in the future going, it all becomes everything rolled in your state, whether it's digital, physical, it all becomes one thing. It's just a matter of access because that's always the problem that Facebook and Google and Apple and Microsoft, they all operate completely different. 
it's not like the banking system that's regulated in some way. These are completely different services, and they can make up their own rules as to how people access them. And we know that Facebook, and we know that Google, and we know that now Apple has legacy ability to add a name, which again, no one really does. Maybe they will at some point, but you could go in there and make it official. But the reality is you probably want to share passwords. Right. I mean, for for me, I think one of the biggest things would be email. I feel like if if you had access to my email, you would be able to see what I did every single day of every single year, right? And since I opened up my Gmail account. And if you're transferring accounts, because that's the thing we said about closing them down, transferring them, if you have a Netflix account and you control it, they're going to need to go in and get the password. They might have to reset the password, have your email, change your email to their email. There's certain things like that. With Amazon, people could do that with a family account. Now the primary holder is no longer around. Now you have to take it over. So it really does provide, we're always talking about like the keys that unlock the mysteries. And email really would give someone so much to work with. Angela mentioned something. It was about how for her, email isn't like a factor as much as her phone. Like everything's pretty much done through your phone. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I mean, I think you, I think you have to have the phone and the phone would give it all, um, including email. I think that if you were to open up my phone, you would see everything about my life. You would be able to see the my email accounts. You'd be able to see my text messages. You'd be able to see my my social media accounts, my Facebook account, my Instagram account, my Twitter account, my LinkedIn account. You'd be able to see everything. No, but but the access getting someone in there because when we were talking about the email access, like maybe even taking a right. step in front of that is your phone password. And any hardware you have. So when we're talking digital estate at the beginning, we said hardware and software. The reality is like the hardware is only, it isn't as valuable to a person in your family if they can't access it. That becomes a factor where someone thinks, should I share passwords? Like we know that you share with your family, you know, Ben can get into your phone. Right. They can get into my phone in reality most people either already have given somebody access to their phone or they're probably thinking they don't want to give anybody access to their phone because there's things that are private on their phone that they don't want somebody to see. But I think even in those cases, you should at least find somebody that you trust that only in the event of an emergency would be able to access that information and do it for your phone because it's the easiest way. You just don't want to have somebody go through this like huge slog in the event that something happens to you. And so you're just doing somebody a favor for down the road. Okay. Playing it out that you don't share it. Someone could say, okay, I'm going to have to go to court and I have to go to, through all this process and I want to unlock this phone because of that. And there's a possibility that if time is of the essence, you know, we know that court isn't the way to go. Such a pain. I mean, that's the point. It's just getting, it's such a pain. But the truth is, is we all have these accounts. We, we have like hundreds and hundreds of online accounts today. And so the reality is you have to think about them. You have to think about what they are. You have to think about what they're hooked up to, what, you know, if, and, and then you need to figure out for the key ones, what should happen to them in the event that something happens to you. And you should decide, do you want your social media account to be shut down forever? Or do you want it to keep going? I just heard this story today when I was talking on, on Market Watch about Betty White, that apparently Betty White's um, assistant has been posting messages on behalf of Betty, even though she recently 
passed away. And I, I was saying, wow, I wonder, was that like a conversation that they had before she died where she said, I think that, you know, we should keep my, my Facebook page going. Here are these messages that I'd like to keep posting or here are messages we should post just so fans can keep remembering me. Like those are the, I mean, not everybody's Betty White, but, uh, and has, you know, adoring fans who want to keep hearing from but them. That's but that's a perfect example of she, that's a valuable, like she's, she's been acting for 80 years. You know, she's been in the, in the public consciousness and it has value. And we've seen a lot of celebrities after they're gone. That's where a lot of times people are selling their catalogs. They're using their image, their likeness, though. Those are things that are really important. And their image online is another one and protecting that becomes a factor. And it, and it doesn't even have to be a celebrity. It could be, you know, a family member where you're like, I want this memorialized or I want it deleted. A lot of times people just want it gone. Yeah. You should have a cleaner. There are plenty of things that people have in their life that they might be embarrassed about or not want other people to find out about. That's fine. And right. That's just life. That's reality. And so what we need to do is just make sure that there's at least somebody we we know you can think of as your cleaner who can come in and take all that stuff out in the event that something happens to you. But you should think about all that because if you did have something embarrassing or you did have something that you never wanted your children to find out about, you should figure out now how to make sure they never find out about it. Yeah. But family gossip, finding out that someone right. was having an affair, finding out that someone did do something horrible, finding out that they were having correspondence and other things, having finding actual videos or photos that you will never be able to unsee. That's the scary stuff that you're thinking, how do I protect people from that and make sure? And in a way, at some point while you're alive, you really need to find a way to quarantine that stuff away if you still have the need to keep it and keep it separate. But everybody has things that are secrets to them. And, and so it's just thinking about what are those things and making sure that even the secrets have been thought about too. Whenever we're talking about this stuff with people, it starts off as like money and assets and crypto and this and that. And then it turns out to be, well, there's something weird that I have that, that I, wow, that tape is funny or finding old recordings and making sure that they could still be accessed. You, yeah, you, you have to just start and, and start by doing something and not get overwhelmed, but just start thinking about a few key things that, you think somebody would need access to that you do feel comfortable about sharing and then just making sure that those things are are accessible we're pretty much everywhere you are so follow us on your medium of choice ever plans on instagram facebook and tiktok and you can find the full video of our podcast at Everplans youtube channel and of course don't forget to rate review subscribe and let us know what else you'd like to hear about see you next week